What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the Sauce Podcast. My name is Chloe, and today we are going to be talking about buying properties in Malaysia, especially for first-time home buyers. So, if you are interested in buying properties, stay tuned to this episode. Many of you may have thought of living on your own and aesthetic living like the vlogs, pretty little nice place where you can record your house tour. I'm sure a lot of you have this thought, but then again, like how how do I even buy my own property and where do I start? Right? Feels like too much of a burden and commitment, especially in this volatile economy. But don't worry, guys, I got you guys covered. Today we have a property advisor in the house who can give us some tips on buying properties in Malaysia, some do's and don'ts, and also some insights into the property market. So, ladies and gentlemen, please. Join me to welcome Mr. Herman Tao onto the show. Hello, everyone. I'm not going to be saying I'm going to be expert, but I try to share whatever that I came across then um, from my own experiences so that I can actually impart that kind of uh, knowledge for all your audiences. Because I myself been through you guys as well, going through the age and eventually evolve until to be like an old man like me right now. <laughs> Come on, you really don't look the age. But you know what? Like, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I think before we dive deeper into the topic, for the benefit of the viewers, mm. right? Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? But first of all, thank you for inviting me to your <laughs> saucy channel. So let's <laughs> let's try to make it a bit saucy. Yeah. All this all started off with the very simple young but young guys like you guys. That's where I start purchasing my first property. Uh, quite young, I think about 26 years old. Majority of the time uh, in the past, you probably would just listen to your parents or maybe from your friends and, ah, this one is good, ah, that one is good, ah, come on, let's go and see, ah. Then a bit of uh, peer pressure, pressure, press, oh, this one has to buy already, this and that. So what happened would then be, yes, well, luckily I bought and I eventually I would stay there and eventually sold that off. During the entire cycle and period itself, what I realized would then be, actually property can actually make wealth. The property mm-hmm. eventually will grow over time and you actually make a fortune out of it. From the first property I bought, I eventually can sold it off almost double. So in a way, I already got like one free house in a way. But of course, I use that money for, for further reinvestment. That's why I realized it's actually doable. It's actually very safe. Huh? It, this whole entire thing is actually doable as a whether it's for personal investment or even eventually become a business by itself. Then I told myself, just take on certain courses and follow some certain gurus as well. But these are all legit gurus. are not the usual digital gurus per, per se. <laughs> <laughs> they are very well versed in the economy itself and also in the industry. So I, I follow them as a, for over five, five, six years already been with them. Though I spend a little bit money, but it's actually preventing me from making a big loss. From there on, I get confidence because why consumers or even like you yourself, Chloe or any of your audience, you will fear that I don't know whether should I buy, I don't know what to buy. You fear, you are worried because of knowledge. So if you are informed or you have learned up the whole things, you learn up the knowledge, eventually you will build up the confidence and you will be able to buy any property itself will be even easier as well. But before that, just like Chloe itself, I'm also a corporate person by itself. Then eventually, I actually stopped working and move on to here because one person, how much can I actually invest and using my own capital? I can still leverage on other people's money and other people's time to make commission out of it. So if, if for example, Chloe were to buy, I able to transact with her, I still able to get the commission out of it, right? So in a way, hey, I don't need my money to actually buy property, well, other people buy property, I still can get some uh, income out of it. So then that's where I, I venture into here. While the core of investment will still goes on, but actually I want to take this on as an opportunity and continue as a lifetime career. I also like to go into meeting young people like that's why like, people like Chloe and all that, sharing certain knowledge. So sometimes they will tell, wow, you're so chill. Hey, you want to talk about it? <laughs> Open up the brochure and just explain everything to me. I don't know, no, no. 
If like that, I pass you the brochure, you just read everything by yourself. Understanding of that person is actually very important. If not, you're prescribing the wrong items, wrong things, and no point. That's how I get into it. So that's the second objective. Why also I see that this is a good place for me also share this so that people like Chloe or your you, your audience itself enter into lesser mistakes will give you more confidence. Yeah, I think you yes. touch on a lot of points, especially, you know, agents these days, how they really sell you the idea of like buying the home. People make very, very impulsive uh, buying decisions, right? So that's why it's very important as what you mentioned is the knowledge that we need to equip ourselves. And from your story, I can <clears> hear there's a lot of consistency in terms of learning to be so-called, you know, an expert in this particular field. Uh, like how, you know, when you're working corporate you still spend a lot of time to understand about the industry and not just that actions into actually investing in it so i think there is a lot of credibility and also experience that you are able to share with us today so i think the main thing you have really touched is really the fear of buying uh, properties i myself as you know as a 20 something year old person it's it's a very real thing there's either the very pro one yeah you should buy properties you should definitely do yeah, it then yeah. then the other spectrum is like I don't think this is a good time. Economy is not good. But over so many years, right, economy is not good. And now even worse, we are being hit with this don't know how many, you know, how many years to go kind of COVID thing. So what is actually, you know, what is your view on it? Like, does, does these... Does this COVID pandemic really, like, uh, makes it a very bad time to, to buy? I think buying property can be any time. Mm. If you really require the place to stay, right, or your wedding is coming up in the next six months, you require yeah. a place to stay, you have to buy, means you have to buy, though. So... Things I think it's about sometimes a bit of a condition and the objective that you will require. Actually, any time is suitable time to buy. It's just that how, what product, and when. How when do you buy? Yeah. Of course, when you talk about investment per se, you buy to invest or to rent out. Yes, that might require a bit of technical ways of uh, doing things and analyzing the market. But if you are buying for your own home, who say twenty six, you can buy thirty. Also, you can buy really true. depending on your current situation true, true, and true. current needs, lah. So that's why I felt. <laughs> There's always one side who see very optimistic, then the other side will see always all the negative things. And negative thing is the one that you always see on the news now. The negative are the one that will attract people who will oh, click, click, click and, and read and read. How many yeah. people will tell you the, the uh, success cases? You seldom see, for example, on press or print or anywhere else. I made well, how much thousand and how much thousand. But all this appear in the digital gurus. Now. They will tell you that this kind of a situation. You have different contrasts. The negative are being publicized too big. Well, the successes are make it into a very, very small audiences. So then you don't get that like, information. You talk about situation like COVID, I think, or maybe any other situation when market is down, right? When market is down, it's actually the buying time. Uh, that's the usual cycle of uh, economy when the, everything is so good and so good, right? That's where the time you need to sell. But mm. often in time, people are forgotten about this economic cycle. So when people think that it's actually a wow, good time to buy, they buy, but sorry, it won't be at the last mile of the train. Yeah. yeah. So you, you I think Robert Kiyosaki also will say that uh, when you buy, when people are in fear, uh, just yeah. like in stocks or in, in crypto, it's just that you have to be very mindful. What are the things that you are you are buying and what how do you buy? You know? Completely agree. I think definitely, I think need mm. as priority, but uh, make informed decisions and also like calculated risk. Like, I think uh, buying properties is definitely not a, not a small sum, right? <laughs> so there's definitely risk involved. I think if you really want risk-free, it's, it's, it's kind of like a very hard to achieve kind of thing. Like. Prior to recording this episode, we actually asked some questions on our IG story what are the key things that you know people want to know for the audience that uh, that is listening to the Saucy Podcast everyone is mainly in the 20s you know early 30s it's a it's a stage where you know we're <laughs> making a lot of life decisions right getting a new job or like getting a car getting a new ha- first house yeah. getting married 
all this kind of giving first baby or a lot of considerations quite stressful also actually so I think a lot of people want to know you know what exactly are the tips of buying property like what you mentioned just now like there's a lot of uh, pain points also and sometimes you just make impulsive decisions and then end up the very tricky situation where the house that you bought is probably in very bad condition due to bad developers or you can't even like sell it out so let's go down to what would be your tips to buy property when you think about property and what kind of circumstances that will trigger a couple mm-hmm. uh, into buying a their first properties. Yeah. When you are getting married and you want to yeah, you want to live on your own, my right? Don't want to live with parents mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> Need freedom, you know, space. Because, uh, <laughs> That's common. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. been through the same as well, exactly. right? So, for example, my wife will be thinking, hey, maybe if you are able to afford, why don't we actually get our own place and stay, mm-hmm. move out? Then after a little while, I realized mm, staying closer to the parents actually works better Got in benefit, a way, especially right? when I have children. Yes. <laughs> That the whole entire support system is actually very important. Just give you an example, like my, my case, I just very emphasize that similar, I also have to go into marriage, then eventually move out. The only thing would then be, yes, beginning the first five years, six years, it makes sense. But after a while, then you realize I have to commit to work. If the place I'm getting is too far off, yeah, it's far off, which means your in-law will not come. So that's what, that's what you want, right? Then suddenly it just gets very complicated. Child need to go to school, who's going to take care of them? If I get someone else to actually take care of them, I also need to pay them. What if I go and ask my bumps or maybe the in-law to take care? But in my case, I actually sold my old place and actually purposely move closer to my parents because I know I can have a kind of support system. Then I can actually reuse or refine, set, refinance all my resources in doing something else. Go back into the core questions to answer your situation, which is the tips part, which I usually will make it into 10. Okay. I don't know whether you can you see from the screen. I think ten. ten. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ten. Number okay. one actually is the most important. Number one is actually the objective. Buying for your own state and buying for rental investment is totally two different things. You try not to go into a situation whereby I buy first lot, then maybe I stay up. Maybe I also want to brand it up. Uh. My question to the person would then be how do you assess a place that is suitable for you to stay? For example, what well, you like the township, but it's far. But never mind, I like suddenly maybe you want to shift out or whatever it is, then you think that you want to rent. How to rent? The, the rental over there might because it's so far it might be too cheap you have to cover the gap with your installment because previously you buy high you actually stay far but it's okay you like the township so sometimes the objective is actually quite important of course things like round days when you come into Clan Valley version you are buying a little bit more on high rise and condos right again you form a very certain that people will also want to buy for their own state for a very I would call it connectivity is important convenience are important you almost have the, all the 360 stuff right you got schools I got everything got a combo LRT all those are important then it's okay maybe that will still be one product that might still fit for your rental investment if you eventually buy a bigger house or you want to move away that product might still be fit so but anyway you put the priority first of all you want to go and go for your own state you evaluate the product for own state first then your secondary will then come eventually but if you stay there for five years or ten years even you talk about uh, investment right you want to sell it off it's still possible to sell it off without appreciation you might not be able to rent but at least you can still sell at a degree of appreciation that's number one is the objective flow second part will then be the location where do you commute in between your work and maybe to your support system and all those those need to be taken into consideration as well the third one will then be the must have and must have are not nice to have uh. one of the most critical problem that a usual buyer will face or maybe uh, a junior like you guys will face is that well buy with the property actually very difficult actually buy and sell is actually very easy one just especially buying uh, it's all about just signing the paper get your loan approved and you just wait you get your keys and that's yeah. it the whole entire process is very simple yeah. the difficult part is simply because 
of all your criteria. You want this, you want this, you want this. When you put on the whole, whole finger, also not enough. Uh, because yeah. you would want 20 of the things. But very difficult to find so perfect. Then you have to only identify what is a must-have first. Uh. So usual must-have, I would say, is usually go back to the education first. Mm. Medical, uh, logistics to your daily commitment to work, food and groceries. These are mm. definitely must-have. Then the rest, got gym or not no gym, uh, or, or the rest of it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the nice you, to have. That one is still uh. nice to have. Depends on that particular couple. Right, then yeah. what would that be? But you usually cannot run away from what just the few things that I mentioned, huh? Mm. The education, medical, food and groceries and connectivity to your daily work because you stay there, you want to make sure they commute it con- conveniently. The fourth thing, this is a bit technical, Chloe. Do you know anything about debt service ratio? Please enlighten <laughs> everyone here. <laughs> what okay. is a debt um, service, ra- service ratio? That will have some relation to how much can you afford. Uh, it's a calculation. How much of risk can a person Doesn't and say. also the finance financial uh, institution take on okay. for your loan. Later on, I will also will drop you you guys the link where do you actually get a bit more reading about debt service ratio and also the calculation. In a nutshell, what they will do is that basically put on some of your fixed expenses. Now you add on your installment amount, let's, just, let's say your property, then what will be the debt service ratio? There's a calculation altogether. If your ratio basically is anything less than 70%, bank love you. Because they think that you can, can take on this risk and also mm. the bank will also take the risk with you. Only thing is that once your debt service ratio go high, in a way it will tell you that the commitment seems to be higher than what you are earning. That's where the high debt service ratio is. So to be healthy, 70 and below, it's okay. okay. Or maybe you really are um, high achievers. By all means, you can you think that you will be continuing charging ahead with both of you. Yes, you can take a bit of risk to even 80, not an issue. But if it's someone who is a bit more risk adverse, stay around 70 maximum then it's fine you should have still a very good and stable uh, quality altogether you also will need to assess pre-approved loan so you go to like people like iProperty and Property Guru I also will drop the link later on at the bottom part. go and fill up the information this one have to do before purchase anything so that you know what is the amount that able to get approved on at least you know that hey actually 500,000 I can actually get some approval so then at least I know that I can actually hunt for property around five to 600,000 if not you will always come into a situation which very common nowadays right where by you go and buy property, you sign everything. Oh, yeah, I cannot get the loan approved. Uh, approved. Approve. Why go through the hassle at that stage where you already so short already, then suddenly you cannot get anything? Yeah. Then please yeah. understand where your current status and where is your financial status. So it's all free tools. So number five item going to be the budget in relation to number item number four. How much of risk that you can take and how much budget to have? But this budget have wider lah. So because sometimes buying a new project, new new development, right? The cash required is actually very very little. Right? If you are getting married or maybe you have big item ticket coming in, what you will want. Is that you want to make sure that you have the cash flow for the kind of matters. For example, like what I mentioned, wedding. So you want to get a place to stay. You also need to renovate. One and three items will eventually require a lot of money. Wedding and renovate. The only way is that to reduce this part of the second item, which is how you buy. Then usually when you buy new project, the entry usually have a lot of uh, discount and rebate and a lot of rebates. So at least you don't feel the pressure of, of forking up too much money. Of course, there's another way of buying it with the sub-sale. But sub-sale, it's secondary market. They call it. You require a 10% down payment. Eventually, you have to pay certain fees and fees in a um, market rule is about 15% of whatever property price. So if it's a 500,000 property, you have to prepare 65,000 as a cash only to pay tax down payment or to pay for the fees haven't included renovation. So cash rich, you can go that way. But if you want to preserve that cash right new, you also have to consider that which means if you really want to get married and usually new product, they don't deliver oh, yes. immediately tomorrow or whatever, they will get your house yeah. right six months. That's why enter early so that at least you can secure something. Three or four years later, ah, the house is ready. Ah, I just got married and I move on. This kind of planning is actually important. Buying subsidies is easy. It can be 
six months, eventually you can get fees and, and move on. But one side cash flow, the other side is you can buy time. Yeah. So the item number six will then be the time in relation back to the objective. So if you're buying for your own stay, getting married soon, right? There's no good time. Because you need it, you buy then you buy. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's um, for rental, then have to really compare compare the pricing around. What is the rental rate around? If this is a good rental rate, uh, rule of thumb is 80-90% still very good already of whatever installment amount. Your in rental is about 80-90% which good. You probably pay a few hundred dollars only, but eventually people pay majority of your of your installment or yeah. eventually you own the house later on. But of course, bigger investor would think that, hey, maybe it's this not is not enough, my game. Uh, yeah. I want to go even higher, yeah. more than that. So it depends on your risk. And this way of doing, buying will be very different already. For example, auction and all those, that will require a different technical point of view. Number exactly. seven will then be just that I did mention, which is uh, uh, whether it's new yeah. project or sub-sale. Law. You have yeah. to choose and right. new project, there's time required, plan ahead so that you know when do you re- require that. I would say the next thing would then be research and see enough. Yeah, 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 research. Yeah, yeah. So what is required, this part is really you have to do a lot of homework. Even when you talk about vocation and all those, you yourself also, you, as, a, as a user, my advice would then be even look into Google Map itself, study the area itself, see whether it makes sense or not. Might not be everything need to be relying, whether it's the sales advisor to even explain to you. Uh, as an individual per se, you also will need to assess where is your must-have. Uh, so you talk about you want to put chung. Okay, this specific area, then why are they around? Open up Google Maps, study a little bit. Then in terms of products, then very simple, just go to either property, property guru. You eventually will see certain listings and products already in there, right? Then my next thing for them is see enough. There's a technique to it, right? If you could just go in blindly and just go and see A, la, B, la, C, la, D, la, E, all those projects, right? You could very confused. But this part of it is too lengthy already. I will actually drop in the Google link later on. You guys can actually uh, put in your submission. I can actually give you a bit further explanation on that part because it's really required strategy in how you do you see. But generally speaking, is that let's say a few rule of thumb of 10 types of uh, properties mm-hmm. so that you can actually assess and compare. But very importantly is that as you see, let's go with number nine. You really need filter and make decision. Filter and make decision. This one, no good. Drop it. Throw away it, yeah. Don't even want to look at it. Then the next one comes about, nah, this one is okay. I put it in into my add to cart list, right? I, oh, okay, I add to cart. Then the rest, this one no good. Drop it, drop it. So you have to make decision. Don't just compare and keep on looking and looking. Then you feel that very confused to know which one to choose. Once you know this one is definitely no, throw it away. Don't go and repeat anymore. Don't really, really continue. Make decisions, small steps. Decision, uh, decision is actually important. That's the reason why some people can actually make the purchase very fast. Three months, six months. Some even take two years just to get one thing because yeah. too complex. They do want to make decision themselves. So have the conversation between yourself and make the decision. Small decision as you go, it will help a lot. The number 10, actually the most important one is the teamwork. The teamwork is not just you, your you couple itself. And the teamwork will require agents, banker, and lawyer. Of course, they will work for you. But in a way, you also need to give your best support to them. You need to make them understand what you need. You don't let them guess what you need. Sometimes, right, you are even now I'm, I'm a, on the on negotiator part of it. When I try to ask some things from the client itself, they don't know what they very surface one, two, three items. Huh? This yeah. is, I think, too basic. Man. It's very difficult for us to even give you prescribed mm-hmm. uh, solution for you. Then you think that, ah, this one, no, no, no. That's why explain to them, only they will be able to do a better job for you. They want to go out and hunt for you. It's also easier. Mm-hmm. When you give them a good brief, just like I think in, in any marketing world or any advertising world, you give them a good brief. Brief, yes. Things will be better. <laughs> you go yes. and give them a, 
Nah, you have to find another person. You go and find for me, lah. Huh? How to find? Oh, what do you want? Don't know. Yeah. So work with them. Bankers is also the same. So those are the things we require. So that because they will be the one that assessing and get you the loans and all those. So agent, banker, lawyer. One thing I probably didn't explain a little bit more, which is just now when we talk about the financing part of it. Let me add it on. Why a person will be able to get approval easier? It's simply because the credit score at the back, right? The bank when they see it, wow, this person good a good credit, faith master, yeah. good credit. I give you the loan. This has a lot to do. So things like, for example, junior, if you don't even have a credit card, if you are not showing any proof to them that you are a, be a good faith master, so take on the credit card, spend a bit, doesn't matter. Then make sure that you pay. This can you have to build on the financial profile they call it. So it's a tips. So things like credit card is a good tips. You need to spend for six months, make sure that you're able to pay off. Then after that, bank would then say, they ah, very good. Uh. So all the loan that you have at PTPTN, uh, wow, don't default, uh, pay. Uh, all those things have a credit score. Itself. Yeah, yeah, so that's about it. Thank you so much. I think it's very, very clear. You have an objective in mind, which yeah. I think is the top criteria and also mindset that you should go into buying properties you have to be very very intentional if that's what i hear lah. when they say they want to see property usually it's because they are attracted by the nice visual the <laughs> nice ads everything now now on tiktok and you know like xiao hong su these they have very very nice videos and actually yeah, those know, are let's go all right let's go and it's like a five less than five minute kind of thing so you just keep watching and you you actually Think that your house will look like that but when you buy the house it's empty it's nothing like it right so you tend to go aimlessly you get overloaded by options and you cannot make a decision end up you never probably even make a decision or worse if you make the wrong decision because it's not what you want for myself my biggest takeaway is definitely planning in advance and also yeah. ahead for what exactly you want when you mentioned about the support system like this definitely was not in my mind at all like you know i think i'm very i'm just thinking like present, yeah. present. Yeah. i know that i want to yeah. buy a house the part where you say is maybe too far for in-laws too far for your mom to come hey yeah because <laughs> like if and when i have a child definitely you know, I want to make it most accessible than them. More accessible. For, to yeah, them. That, yeah, to them than actually for me to go to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, yeah. sorry mom, sorry dad, but that's the reality of it. <laughs> so I think that is a very yeah. interesting uh, point and I think it's also very uh, important for all of the listeners here. Lah. Right now, everybody have this dream of living alone then want to take the nice vlog of like house tour yeah. and this kind of shit and then they will make their house or well, spend a lot of money on renovation lah, right so what about this mm. part right is it advisable like, to put a lot of money in renovation like what is a realistic and also like a good amount in terms of like renovation cost ratio versus your property price this one again go back to the two points of your objective if you buy for your own stay you have to renovate to your liking lah. then you <laughs> renovate to your liking lah. if you got money you renovate lah. <laughs> yeah, got no, money no, okay no lah, one right? can stop you right <laughs> No one can stop you. Yeah. You want anything automated or whatever, up to you. Not an issue. Yeah, yeah. The only thing will then be you have to think how long are you going to use that property. Sometimes you might be buying a place you want to stay. I understand. But just think that your first property might not be your last property. Ah, because okay. you would progress in your career. You might mm -hmm. be moving to another country. You might be moving to anywhere. You, yeah. you, maybe your, your fortune or financial just 10x, right? Yeah. Ah, this small small condo no longer fit me. I want to move to bungalow, for example. So try to think that your first property will not be your first your last property. And if it's not your last property, right? Would you spend so much money into it? If let's say the property is three hundred thousand, you go and dump in another one hundred thousand. So you think that the whole entire thing worth four hundred thousand? Sorry, the market don't see it that way. So imagine five years later, you progress, you want to sell the property, you can't sell four hundred. You will potentially think that hey, how come I buy a property? I will lose money. Also, that's because you over injected. So try to have a, a reasonable amount. The amount 
it's definitely dependent up for this kind of case because it's really dependent on what what you wish for. Mm. Because if you ask me, my usual way of doing is if it's for own state 30, 35, or oh, okay. That's already quite a lot already. So uh, 500,000, you easily around 100 over 1,000 already. That is only for provided it's a bare unit. Uh. Yeah, Nowadays, yeah. when you buy a lot of properties that already come with kitchen, uh, come with this, right? Then you only need a bit of uh, reno only. Plus, what I'm referring to is also is landed. So, but if it's a condo, the area that you need to renovate, you won't be that much. So try not to spend so much so that you know that uh, another way of seeing it very simply, if you now buy the property at 300,000, let's say 10 years later, how much do you want it to sell? For example, I want to sell at 450,000. It doesn't matter. You put a number, but then you already know that I shouldn't renovate my house up to 450,000. Yeah. So I know that I don't make, okay, I renovate to this amount so that when I sell the house, I still get some cash out. Yeah. So that's important. And just now you touched on one thing. I think, uh, what about, whatever they put into Renault, there's always two parts of it. Especially when you come to working, you will be very obviously hurt the kind of work called working capital and non-working capital. Working capital or working things that actually add value to your property are those fixed things. You uh-huh. extended the land. You add on more structure into it. You put on built-in stuff that mm-hmm. you can't take on. You mm-hmm. you make all full tiles. Those are you add on fixture, hard fixtures. So the valuer, which is the bank value, will value, of course, not 100%, but at least they will value it because you extended the which means you extended the gate or whatever it is. So they will give you the value. The only thing that those that will not be able to give you those kind of value is that no matter how nice is your sofa also is irrelevant to them. True. You put on a very nice like also, sorry, it's nothing much. So all those are soft touches and all those will not might not add a lot of value to you. These are the things that become very subjective. You might make it very nice to you, but the person is going to buy from you might not like it. So True. they will not give you the value. Yeah. So that is where the important part. And if it's for investment, it's very straightforward, depending on the, the product types. So usually if it's a condo thing within the 10%, you already can more or less do up the whole thing already. 500000 you spent 50000 a lot already for a condo. So usually if it's partial, even better, lesser money that you need to fork out. So if it's for only for landed, maybe you will require a bit more. So... Yeah, mm. you touch up 10% is good enough. You don't want to spend so much because if let's say you want to sell the property after you appreciate 30, 40%, right? You have the 30% in your pocket although yeah. you spend the 10%. So always have to think about what is your potential and your target selling price ahead first. That's where we call it exit plan. Uh, property investor will always think, I buy the product itself, right? I really need to know how to exit. So if I want to know how to exit, then I know how much do I need to enter. Begin with so those end are, in mind. Uh, begin with an end in mind. Mm. Estimated, at least some estimation is, is good, than, better than nothing. But this one, if you do not know, you can always, during your purchases or whatever, you just speak to the agent. Agent will potentially have that kind of uh, knowledge to, to advise you. Okay, first is, as long as you have money, you can go ahead, do whatever you want. But <laughs> if that's not the case, right, then, yeah, I think you can follow some of the, some of the guidelines here, like, like 10% condo and like 30%, 40% for like landed properties. Yeah. Two things are stay correct, and correct. rent. In, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's very, correct, very, very different thing. I think now kind of move into the more uh, juicy part in terms of buying property with uh, oh, okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All the line challenge boys, uh, please listen up. <laughs> what we want to know, right? Okay, let's say uh, now I'm unmarried now. Say if I want to buy a property, how do I go about it, right? Can I buy with boyfriend or not? Oh no, better buy with <laughs> husband. What is the, what's the better option? You also wish that your boyfriend become your husband, right? So, <laughs> and even though you get married already, it might be your husband, but eventually also will be boss, right? Correct, yeah. we never So know. I think in relationship, like what you mentioned, like, this one is super juicy. You guys must stay on. Uh. <laughs> I also, after I, I got some... Uh, uh, 
this kind of advanced uh, question for Chloe, I, I also have to actually check into some lawyers to get proper uh, in knowledge about the background on these things. Now, this is actually very interesting. Firstly, go back to the relationship. Uh, end of the day, no matter how, have to have the trust to the either party one. Uh. So that's actually very important and the communication of it. There's actually many, many, many sections. So I would say that first would then be, uh, must be very aware about your commitment level. For example, if you're buying it together, are you going to commit into certain percentage of share, let's say 50-50 for the property? And are you going to be putting in the same installment amount? That kind of ag- agreement and required. And again, go back to your relationship trust, right? If you don't think that you have that kind of trust to your relationship, don't touch that all. Don't, 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 don't touch it all. But you really think that it's time to, for you to commit on the other side, uh, together with your partner, then have this discuss as well as part of your marriage discussion, okay? Then the next thing would then be if you were to buy it together, there's actually two ways of doing it. One would then be the very conventional way. Chloe and her boyfriend tag along together, go and sign the agreement, get everything and buy the product and property together. So what will happen is that both parties definitely legally is actually own that part of a property, but we still have the situation, the tough situation will come by whereby what if they have a sore relationship? You want to sell it off and, and etc. Situation will still be the same in a way. You still require both parties to sign to sell the property. What price are you going to agree on? Chloe wants to sell 500. She wants to think that you want to sell 600. So, ding, ding, dong, dong, thing doesn't move on. Or maybe if you want to talk about, oh, maybe the other party will then be, okay, I want to buy over your share. The question will then be, you buy on what price? Or you buy on yeah. the original price or you buy on the market price? So, discuss that, agree upfront between the two of you. But usually, uh, make it, you want to you say that, uh, okay, nah, no problem, nah, next yeah. time you buy at cost. Nah. When sour already, everything is sorry, I'm not selling 700. Nah. You go and pay me 700. So, you just expect the worst. Nah. Put into a discussion, okay, anything sour, we buy at market rate. And that's it. No, no argument. So, you, that is the conventional way. Now, my opportunist way of uh, thinking would then be, actually might not need to. Uh, you, you can still be Chloe is the one to buy one person name but both parties can still help to support the loan in a way your application can still go in together but just that the boyfriend will name will not appear in the house now the question will be the tough part will then be how do you protect that boyfriend yeah. rightful share you require to engage the lawyer to do two things one is trust deed the second item is called power of attorney trust deed in a way it's something to do with a document that said that what is your rightful share? Aside from the sign of uh, the sales and purchase agreement, this trustee is that it will actually emphasize what will be the rightful share of the both party and it's actually legal. Right? Then the next thing will then be the power of attorney. So although I'm not the expert, so in case you have all the experts with your friends who is a lawyer and all those things, right? talk to them and get some advices on these two things. No. Now go back to power of attorney. Power of attorney in a way right? because the boyfriend do not have the ownership on the sales and purchase agreement. So this power of attorney will then be it's like the girl and a guy also agree to a certain extent that you have the rightful power to exercise the selling if it's required uh, but of course uh, with what condition of pricing or market rate or something like that you did this kind of condition the lawyer can advise assuming let's say a uh, power attorney in there say that okay both parties have the power to sell the unit within the market rate when uh so what will happen is that the boyfriend can actually sell off to the unit take the money and then speak to you mm-hmm. without you going through the previous argument anymore because it's market rate ma. no argument ah. i sell ah. it's honored I sell already and that's it, take the money and go. Simply go back to the context in Malaysia property buying. Now, if it's a normal individual, you can actually buy two property with 90% quota. The third one 
would that be 70% quota? Now you buy 90% quota, which means, right, you don't fork out so much cash yeah. when you need to buy things. Right. You buy, you, if you're talking about 70%, you have to fork out 30% of down payment to even buy things, buy, buy uh, down payment to even buy the pro- uh, property itself. This is where the opportunity is. My opportunity's way of doing things is that property is a matter of a way for you to also build wealth ma, along the way. You eventually will, your career will go on and you will think that it will time to go into property investing. Now, if you go through the conventional way, uh, you buy one property, two names. You buy pro- another property, two names. So as a couple, you only have two properties. Yeah. Ni- oh, at 90%. At 90%. At 90% okay, of course, loan, if you, yeah. at 90% loan, you only right, have right. these two. Then the rest you buy is already all 70. So if you go with the opportunity way, each of you actually yeah. carry one name on the document. These things speed up at four. Yeah. For example, if let's say everything is 500,000, uh, actually still two million, eh? two million, I can have four different properties. Well. So eventually it will give you more options in terms of your investment. Imagine that at each of these units will eventually give you a, a property gain, let's say, uh, whatever, 200,000. Then at least you still get more than the, the two unit mark because you can only sell one because another one you need to stay. Your opportunity is only stuck with one. So now you expand it the way, this way. So that's, that's another way of doing. Of course, how much you buy is another thing, but I'm just giving you a context. Assuming everything is 500,000. Then suddenly you got four products there. Imagine you go and buy buy a buy a project and properties and without the agent. Don't worry, I buy two unit on this unit. Don't worry, I can take it off the loan. No problem. Then you make it easier for you to to do your investment also. Maybe by the time the project ready, you can sell already. Then you earn the two faster, flip it that way. This sounds more like a better find a right partner, good trustable partner. Yeah, <laughs> right? so yeah. that you can you, you can still have this. you can still have um. Don't, don't need to be so efficient. You can still have the one of it combined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, for example, <laughs> like the property that you stay on, yeah. example. Yeah. Okay. This one, die die also have to lock you down. But <laughs> the others, try not yeah. to. You can still buy and if you're able to service the loan, no, then both parties go and help out the loan because it's investor-minded. Investor-minded, I think it's easier because there's no emotional attachment to the you, you, uh, property itself. Yeah, I think that's a very like interesting perspective and I can see like how you can really leverage on this so-called like, you mm. know, regulations in Malaysia. And I think, you know, not just only limited to the scope of like partners, right? I think friends or whatever. Yes, if you yes. think that you guys can work or siblings, people, or siblings, right? I think it's also another mm. way to mm. work, your, work your assets around, wealth around. Yeah, very, very good insights. Actually, a new learning for me. Since you touch on this part, very simple. Oh, same same issue as well. So you're assuming that you and your sister want to buy a property, yeah. right? mm-hmm. although your, your capacity is already maxed up, you don't have the 90% anymore. But what I have is money. Ma. What Chloe should do would then be, sister, you go and take on the, the name of the property, not an issue. I will also will help you as a 50-50 share to the to the property. Then just work on the trust grid yeah, and uh, trust it and also the power of attorney. Then uh-huh. both parties will be protected. Then you work with another one, maybe a best, best friend. Also, same thing. <laughs> what I have is money, because your, your audience might, might have a situation whereby some of them go to Singapore to work, right? The Singapore uh, is so big, time street, so cheap. Now everyone that's working in Singapore, wow, I have this, you know, leverage and like opportunity. Yes, but yeah, leverage on other people. Correct, correct. I mean, if you have it, then like, you know, you, you are so rightfully able to like, exercise this right and opportunity of yours. Yeah, I think touch on a lot of points today. I think it's very, very fundamental property buying tips and also decisions that we need to take. I think there's a lot that 
you have to take in, especially for people who maybe just first time hearing about it or, you know, just entering this space of wanting to buy a property. I think, you know, feel free to go back to the episode again to re-listen to it. Or, of course, you can definitely reach out to Herman uh, for any further consultation, (laughs) right? We will have all his uh, socials and also even a Google link where you can kind of like put in your questions and he will also get back to you. But I think today what we really want to get out today um, is that, you know, we want to share a little bit more about, you know, buying properties in Malaysia because this topic is is a very uh, huge life decision uh, to make. But at the same time, you know, information is abundant, but don't know how and when to start at some point. So I think this is a really good coverage in terms of all the things like let's say what do you what do you need to take into consideration when you buy a house and of course if you want to buy with someone else right i think that's the tricky part and also a phase that everyone is going into how do we navigate around it so i would like to say you know thank you so much um for coming on to share all this uh, knowledge with us i'm very happy to say that you know for the first time in uh, the saucy podcast we are doing something more serious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is uh, relevant to like adulting people. <laughs> yeah. We are going into that phase already. We're transitioning. We're not getting old. It's just that, you know, we are making more um important life decisions. Yeah. But still, we can have yes, fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, face, I, face the reality. Yeah, face Everyone the reality. will just have to move on with the life stage, right? Correct, so, it's a matter correct. of time will come by. <laughs> Yes, and you know what? You, you you need a place to stay, right? Also, like eventually, and I believe a lot of people would want to have their own uh, house. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up uh, this episode today. Again, thank you so much. I think I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Social links is available in our social channels in our description box on the YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere that you can find us. Thank you so much, Herman, for joining us. And thank, thank, you. You, thank you, everyone else that has tuned in. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for ha- having me. Okay. Um, good luck for everyone just <laughs> make sure that you have the courage to go on right. to reality yeah. okay alright thank you bye bye